kids Come join us at the corner Of the round table Listeners, this is welcome to the corner of the round table. Now it's just me again, solo. Unfortunately, uh, big shout out to Con, who's finishing the final of his exams. Um, Dano, who's just battling away down there at Byron and and Corb's doing his thing. So, thought I would just do an oracle hour for the last big group one of the Melbourne Spring before we head over to WA, which is more Corb's um, domain than than mine. But I'll still be touching on it over the coming weeks so so don't worry i won't be i won't be turning myself off the off the podcast at all um so we'll do like we always do a bit of a flemington or a spring carnival weekend review i've got three horses or four horses i want to follow moving into this kind of next stage of the carnival uh, i didn't really want to follow any other horses kind of who are finishing up or have just had their grand finals uh we'll touch on caulfield which has got the group one rupert clark and thousand guineas there then we'll go to Newcastle, which has the Hunter and a few other races, but I don't really want to touch on a heap. And then a couple there at the Sunshine Coast, which is, is actually starting to heat up there, heading towards the Queensland Winter Carnival. And then I've got two tips to give us on a Friday. So hopefully Con gets this out tonight, which is Thursday, and then we'll be ripe and ready for everyone to, to get stuck in on Friday night. So in terms of my punting and how I went about things, so I spent 41.5 units over the entire cup week and I returned 85.25. So a relatively good week for me. I'd end up doubling my money. I think I can thank Pride of Jenny for getting up at good odds for both days, both at the Champion Stakes Day and obviously Derby Day because I think that was a probably a big contributor into about 40 of those units. So remove her influence and I probably would have broken even for the week. Um, we'll touch on Derby Day. So I thought the the best horse won the Derby in Riff Rocket. Apulia was good, but the race didn't rate that well. So don't expect any of those those horses coming out of that race to end up being any superstars. Um, obviously, I touched on the Empire Rose. Pride of Jenny was just too good. Um, she's a miler. She set the pace. The tempo was all perfect um, and just gave them too much to do so it was a really brilliant ride from Declan Bates and when we touch on Champions Day again it was enormous he ended up beating three of the the best milers in the country in Alligator Blood Fangirl and Mr Brightside who I do concede probably weren't at their best as the Cox Plate was probably their grand final close to it so there probably was a bit of concerns with that but either way another brilliant ride um, the Coolmore was interesting. Osmosis, enormous. Had a few little doubts about whether he would run 1,200 metres or a strong 1,200 metres, but he absolutely put that to the sword. And I think that jump out that we saw where he clocked the fastest like that, uh, fastest try, jump out of the day certainly showed because all of those horses who were in that other trial, which we touched on with Shinzo and a few others, they just weren't up to speed. Um, Cylinder can be forgiven. That was an end of prep run. And as I said on the podcast, Shinzo's overrated. Uh, in terms of the Golden Eagle, um, huge ride from Josh Parr and Oban Buramai. 
Um, that horse was actually ranked the 25th best three-year-old in Japan at the time when he came out here. So I know a lot of Japanese journalists and writers weren't super keen on his chances, but obviously he had that big turn of foot, got the perfect run um, in the right ground, and, and he ended up winning. Uh, I ended up backing Pericles on that day after watching the way that Rose Hill was playing. So I thought, have a nice run in from the, the inside barrier, peel out uh, behind the leaders and, and take off, which it did, but just got nabbed late. In terms of Melbourne Cup Day, I didn't actually have a big, big day at betting. I had a great day out there, and shout out to Steve and Paul for, for taking me down there. It was awesome being within the birdcage and, and seeing how it all operated. Um, Forgot You was one of my bigger bets of the day, and that got up in, I think, the third race or the second race over the 1,800 metres, um, beating home a fast-finishing warning. I... Spoke about, obviously, my selections there in the Melbourne Cup, but I didn't end up having a bet in either race. I thought without a fight was simply awesome. Sulkham was fantastic. There were there was a lot of people critical of Joe Moreira's ride, but I just thought he was unlucky, but I don't think it would have made a difference because without a fight was just too good on the day. Shiraz surprised me. I thought I wanted a wet deck, but he's certainly a two-mile horse. Uh, Dark and Sweet Gina, the same thing. Just loves two miles. And Ashram was enormous after coming off a thousand days with no racing. So it was a really good race. I ended up laying Verborn and Absurd. Verborn because I went around and looked at him in the yard and he was actually quite chubby and he didn't seem to be handling the hot, humid day that we had there in Melbourne on Cup Day. And then Absurd, when they were leaving the mounting yard, um, he refused to go down to the gate. So obviously he was using a lot of energy up there. So I ended up laying at the place there as well. So... Ended up profiting for the Melbourne Cup race, but it wasn't a big betting day. And then obviously I'm back Bezo, who was good at her third start, but was no match for the top three in the race. And we'll touch on a few of those that go around in 1,000 guineas this weekend. In terms of Oaks, I uh, had a big win at the Provincials that day, but um, nothing crazy. I had those all-in tickets on two horses at 101 to 1. Both of them didn't run a place. So I think the best horse won in Zardozzi. I think that's a horse... Um, that you can probably follow moving in, into next year. I think particularly if you look at it probably from a, a Caulfield Cup perspective or I don't know where they, where they want to head with her, but I think she's got ability. And she reminds me a little bit of Colette when she won the, um, the ATC Oaks. So let's just see what Godolphin do with her. But obviously, they're the best in the business, so they'll know what to do. Um, I, ended up being a back, I ended up backing excess each way. She ran fourth, unfortunately. And then Champions Day was probably the biggest day in terms of me profiting outside of the Pride Jenny win. So I had a five-unit play on Imperatriz. Um, I unfortunately backed West Wind Blows and Zaki, and both didn't perform. Zaki, I think, was just up to his normal thing. I think he ran fourth and he battled on well. West Wind Blows was given an absolute shocker by Jamie Spencer, and obviously Twitter's really kicked off with him, but I think... Um, he's not going to be a backable prospect if he's on a horse when he comes back to Australia. Um, we backed Mornington Glory in the last, end up coming in for some market support. So I know I took about the 10, just under just under $11 uh, on the Wednesday, uh, I think it was on the Wednesday when Fields and Barry Draws came out and it ended up starting with a four in front of its name. So I was really happy with the bet. Unfortunately, I got, I got the place back, obviously, but unfortunately, uh, another one of my black bookers in terms of Ray Maggiorio ended up getting the win, which I let go around without me on it. Uh, Shangri-La Express was awesome in the Golden Gift. I said 
to con in that podcast. I think it's a very smart two-year-old and it's heading towards that magic millions. But after that run and seeing it just get get across from the wide barrier, settle and then kick again and win by a really easy margin. I think it's going to be a dollar ninety come Magic Millions time, if unless something jumps out of its skin in the next six weeks. Um, we had one at Wyong, one which was really nice, and then we backed Nine Knowledge because of the pattern there at Champions Day. So when you reflect on those bets on Champions Day, the wind really seemed to affect it. So it was a strong southerly wind. So what that meant was. When horses were coming around the bend, the leaders actually got a bit of a tailwind, which actually pushed them along. So that's why you saw a lot of leaders winning, winning around the outside. And then when you looked at the straight races, you saw horses with cover down the outside mainly win. So General Bow was a perfect example. Imperatrice had cover. Ray Magiria was an interesting runner, but maybe the wind did die down. So... That's, a, that's one of those kind of tips that I always say to people is wait for the race day before you bet because there's so many different circumstances that can influence it. Like, had you asked me, back, are you backing Pride of Jenny or are you backing Fangirl, Brightside or, or Alligator Blood on the Thursday or the Wednesday, I would have said probably Brightside because he's just a Flemington 1,600-meter horse. But come race day I ended up backing Pride of Jenny purely for the fact that I knew what was going to happen in terms of those leaders so it's one of those rules that I always have is don't unless if you're betting early make sure you get a price but if the price is gone don't bother just wait till the Saturday once markets adjust now in terms of horses to follow we had one from Rose Hill on Saturday in race 10 called Contemporary uh, it was won by Gustissimo, I think the horse's name is. It was a really, really good win. But the horse that I want to follow is Contemporary. It peaked on its run. It clocked some really good sectionals from the 600 to the 200 and then peaked late. So one would suggest is going to take enormous benefit from that run. And if you keep it in that grade and maybe even step it up in trip, I think it'll be really tough to beat next start. I thought Hooter, so H-U-E-T-O-R, was really good in that 2,000 meter race, the champion stakes, uh, which was won by a tissue. It was right out the back. Again, like I said, the day was favoured those who were up and in more than those who were out the back. He actually clocked the fastest last 200 metres of the race. Um, I'm not sure where they go with him and whether they're going to be aiming towards some country cups there in Victoria or if they're going to take him over to WA. Let's just wait and see. But I think he's a really good chance. Um, Amakura was in that matriarch race over 2,000 meters, excuse me, which was won by Deny Knowledge. Um, I'm not sure the target target with her either, but I think third up into 2,000 meters, I think she's absolutely primed for it. Um, let's just wait and see. Maybe a Ballarat Cup, who knows? And the last one was Miss Hellfire, who was actually a bet I had on Champions Day. So she clocked some really good sectionals in a race that wasn't run to suit, where it was kind of like a sit and sprint affair, and it really favours those who are up and in and on pace. So she clocked a 32-4-1 for a final 600, 21-34, and then she broke 11 seconds, uh, 11 seconds with a 10-83 in her last 200. So those were, that was the best final 600 of the day, and I think coming back off that bleeding attack, so I think she's heading in the right direction. So I think now the 1100 was probably unsuited for her. So if you're looking around the 1300, maybe even 1400 metres next, start I think she's going to be a great bet now we head to Caulfield on Saturday for the last of the group ones like I said with the um, with the Melbourne Spring Carnival so the rails in the true now we've got cloudy and cooler weather over the weekend um, but I don't expect it to be anything worse than say a soft five but I think it's going to be a good four come race time now we haven't raced there at Caulfield since the Caulfield Cup 
now. I thought that was a fair day that day, which is fantastic. So I think we're in, in for fair racing. But again, like I always say, watch those first couple of races. See what you, if you can de- determine, I guess, a track pattern or a favorable position to be in run and bet accordingly. Um, so we're going to touch on races 6, 7, 8, and 9. And I'll give you the, the last leg of the quaddie just for those who do place your quaddies. So race six, we've got a group three blue sapphire. So it's a 1,400-meter race for three-year-olds. So I've got a moderate tempo set here with the instructor leading from Don't Hope So. I think snapback can sit quite handy and run. And I think what's interesting is what they're going to do with Brave Mead come with the blinkers on for the first time. Are they going to roll forward with him? Because I thought, again, this was another Jamie, <laughs> Jamie Spencer special. I thought... Um, I thought he was, I don't think he was ridden poorly, but he certainly wasn't ridden the best he could have been ridden in his last start there at Flemington. So Arkansas Kid, I think, brings the best form lines into this race. He won the Gothic Stakes here at Caulfield before heading down the straight in that Coolmore that where we touched on with Osmosis winning. He actually finished fourth in that run, um, only beaten two and a half lengths. Uh, he beat home V8, Stretton Angels and Cylinder, who... I think if they were all fitting in this race, they'd probably be favourite. So I think it's rightly favourite. Um, Damien Oliver knows the horse. He's actually drawn really nicely in Barrier 6 to probably sit just behind the speed. So I think he's the right favourite. Uh, we've got Brave Mead. He gets Zara again, particularly what I find interesting after they sacked him for probably the gold trip de, um, loyalty thing, maybe. I don't know, being the Australian bloodstock. Um, I thought he ever had every chance in that carbine club, and like I said, Jamie Spencer probably didn't ride him the best he was, but uh, Hem and, and Kaizad were just too good for him, and um, the concern for him is this is now his fifth run this prep, all right, so is it one run too many, and was last start a sign that he was um, I guess on the decline, or was it more related to, to Jamie Spencer's ride, I guess we'll wait and see. Um, Snap Craig comes, uh, Snap Dancer comes out of the Tap Craig, which was that 1400 meter race, um, there at Rose Hill. He did beat home NCAP, uh, Little Pumper, who wasn't great on, on, in the last race at Rose Hill on Wednesday. And then you've got Chrysler, who actually went on to win again. So he does get J-Mac, which is a really positive sign. And I think he's drawn really nicely in Barrier 7 to sit just behind the speed. Um, obviously the instructor there is, is one of the two horses that probably going to influence some speed. Now, Jay Childs on Gaybot horses is always a positive, um, Gaybot obviously are flying and he did run second to Brave Me last start in that 1400 meter uh, race there at Caulfield. So I think you can tie in a few of them. Uh, the two that probably are at odds that you could probably um, consider with Sunset Dreaming now, this horse is one of mine. I did back it on debut there at Ballarat over the 1,200 metres. Um, the horse does seem to do a lot wrong, but it does give, she does give me the indication that the step up to 1,400 metres should, um, should not be an issue. She's buying pending who won a Stradbroke there, which is over the 1,400 metres. Um, she did knock off Bezo, who was a horse that I was really keen on on Oaks Day there. So... Run Harry Run was also beaten by her, um, so I think there's a fair few form lines you could line up here, and I think she's a really, really good horse. It's just whether or not she, this race has come a bit too quickly for her. And then finally, you got Treasure Way, so another one that I've always backed. Um, her, does have a nine percent winning strike rate though, so I'm not super entertained. And with Barrier Run and her Barrier One and her racing pattern, it's probably against her. 
So if you're looking at it purely from a betting perspective, I think Arkansas Kid is probably the right favourite. But I think you could probably put some an each-way play on Sunset Dreaming if you really had to bet. But for me, it's probably a, a steer clear. Uh, we got a race seven now. So this is the 1,000 guineas. So the 1,600-metre Group 1 race for, for Phillies. Now, this race used to be run on the Wednesday before Caulfield Guineas, but they moved it to a later date, so it didn't really clash with the flight stakes. And... I know a lot of people agree with me, but I think this has been a wonderful decision to move the Rupert Clark back and, and move the 1,000 guineas back because we've got some really good quality horses running around here. Now, in terms of my speed map, I have a moderate tempo set by Vibrant Sun and Urza, both rolling in from the outside barriers, and I probably think Kamachi can use that inside gate and barrier four to sit really, really handy, as can Jolie Star. Now... In terms of a betting perspective, I think Skybird is a moral in this race. Um, I backed her at every start of her career, including the um, I was at a good price on her debut. So she owes me nothing. But the way that she is going about her business suggests to me that she's a very, very good horse and she's got a lot of maturity about her. You get a lot of people hearing probably a lot of the pros on Get On and a few others saying that she was gifted that Phillies Classic there at Mooney Valley. But what we've got to remember, that was only her third start. She had to hit that narrow gap and she had to hit the, and Bo Mertens had to hit that go button with her to really accelerate in that last 200 meters. And the way that she put that field away, I think it was pretty phenomenal. So I think the only concern I have is barrier one, but I went back and looked at her last three runs and she's drawn out wide in last three. So what they've done, they've just snipped her back because rather than roll her forward because she doesn't have any real early speed. So I think she can sit quite close in this run and I think you could probably say that that she could almost be in the third pair, probably there with Jolly Star. So ideally, if he... If Bo Mertens can keep her off the fence and probably in clear air and hit the gaps, I think she's going to be too good for these horses. Um, Covalance, very good horse, did uh, get an absolute 12 out of 10 from Blake Shin last start over the uh, 1,400 metres here at Caulfield. Did draw barrier 14 that day and managed to get across and sit in a very, very good position just behind the speed. He got going on her just before the bend, and by that time, the race had been and gone with a couple of horses uh, finishing uh, really strongly behind, particularly those in, in Vivier, Zurion, and Moesha. And even Bossy Nick was finishing nicely. So I think the horse is a great chance. I think Skybird should be favourite and probably um, quite a significant favourite in terms of market price. Um, so I think that's going to be a really good bet. Uh, in terms of the other runners in the race, Jolly Star comes out of that desirable stakes, which was won by Roll on High there on Oaks Day. She did hit... Um, she The leaders broke away from everyone and there was a 27 length gap back to third and then a 5.25 length back to fourth so one would suggest the race is rated quite well i think it's a really good chance from barrier one uh it does get jmac which is a really positive thing uh Kamachi, the same thing was counted accounted for by roland high and jolly star pretty easily um i think 1200 to 1400 meters is probably the horse's sweet spot however i do concede the horses has performed at the mile and just loves to place um Arctic Glamour is the interesting one. So this was the early favourite for the 1,000 guineas before its flop in the calendar Preslin. 
Whether or not the horse gets 1,600 metres, I guess we'll wait and see on Saturday. But what you do need to see, which is interesting, is the tongue tie goes on for the first time. So one would suggest she got, uh, she bit down on, uh, she bit down. So that obviously means that she was kind of all over the shop. Head, was, head wasn't head was there. So yeah, I'm not sure about that. Let's wait and see. Um, I think the big thing with her is, the big thing with Arctic Glamour, I think, is whether you trust her and forgive her for one bad run. Now, K-Max obviously heading down to Caulfield to uh, ride her, so I think that's a big thing. Um, interesting to see. Now, the roughie in this race that I'm really quite keen to see is Quickster. Now, we do understand that she is a maiden, and it was interesting that Moody, after her first start, took her then from 1,200 to 1,600 metres at her second start. She looped around them and actually clocked the day's fastest, I think, last 200 metres of the meeting, going down by quite a decent margin there back to Skybird, but I still think she's a great chance. Um... Let's wait and see, because I know she's related to Mr. Quickie, who ended up being a miler, uh, 2,000 metre horse in his time, and it was a Group 1 winner, who was actually owned by Peter Moody, how funnily. Um, I don't think she has Skybird's um, ability just yet, but I think in time she's one that we could keep an eye on. So in terms of a betting strategy for me, I think I'll probably end up having a four-unit, maybe even a five-unit play there on Skybird because I think she'll use Barrier 2. She'll sit a little bit handier, and I think she's better than all of these horses. But if you are quite um, quite conservative with your quaddie and you don't want to bomb out, then I'd be going down 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 13 in your quaddie. Now, race 8 is a 1,400-meter handicap there. Uh, at Caulfield, obviously, it's a ripping race with a lot of live chances. So in terms of my speed map here, I've got a really fast tempo set by Bandersnatch, Military Expert, and Buffalo River rolling in from the outside barrier. Wrote to Arataki's, obviously, will sit handy from the barrier, and General Bo on the quick backup. I am me, the squib will be there. Magic Time likes to roll forward, and I think even Crosshaven can probably use that barrier. Um, in terms of, I'll just touch on a few of the horses in the market, and then Quaddy, I think you need to go wide. So Magic Time, considering the circumstances that um, eventuated in that invitation, I thought she was very good. She was exposed and three wide um, very early on in that race, and she really battled on to only go down by 0.3 of a length there to Espiona, who we watched and saw come out in that champion sprint and really, really perform last week. Um, alcohol free obviously flopped in that empire rose but that race has since produced three winners after it so you had a tissue come out and win the champion stakes deny knowledge win the matriarch and then pride of germany jenny won that uh champions mile again now the big d combo is great the only concern i have is that barrier and barrier um i think it was the wide barrier barrier 15 now i am me won't get see out 1400 meters weird that blake shins jumped off board jumped off um one of the uh, other horses in munamek to ride him simple start doesn't have a chance straight acer has been a revelation this prep was really unbelievable in that golden eagle only finishing 1.3 lengths off obamburamai pericles and golden mile now that race like i said was dominated by those up on um up and in in that race so he did beat home hawaii 5-0 who i think if they they lined him up in this race he would probably start favorite and then you can obviously line up Ruthless Dame, whom uh, Straight Ace beat home, who actually beat home Magic Time in that invitation last start. So you can kind of see there. 
I don't know how Valana is ahead of Munamek and cause for concern and Ayrton in the market. All three were better runs than it uh, in the Damien Oliver. Um, Ayrton, I think, is absolutely flying for Mick Kenton. I think they've got him back to near his best. Now, he was enormous in that Damien Oliver. He was right out the back and actually rocketed home down the outside and copped some really, really good sectionals, a lot better than, than most horses in that race. Um, Zara jumps off is interesting, but I don't think he's going to lose anything with Daniel Moore. Now, he's five from five here at Caulfield and then four from four at the track and distance at Caulfield. So I think he's a ripping chance. Uh, Chain of Lightning. Now, the market didn't really like her in the rising fast there first up. She was 480 opening price out to 750, but she is anchored by quite a decent um, SP profile. And I think getting out to the 1400 meters is probably more her go. Now, Munamek was in that race, again, with cause for concern, um, who, who won the Damien Oliver. I think if the horse got clear air, I think it wins the race. Now, the seas parted for cause for concern, and uh, Jamie Carr hit the go button. It hit the gap really nicely, but I think Munamek would have beaten at home had it had a similar sort of run. Uh, hate the barrier for him. Um, and like I said, Blake Shin jumps off him to jump onto IME, which I find so interesting. But... Um, Let's just wait and see what comes of it. Uh, cause for concern, similar boat to that of Munamek. Really good um, really good effort. Gets Jamie Carr. Um, you can't really fault the horse. And I think the Smokey in this race is the Inferno. So he brings that um, that uh, Imperatrice form, who obviously is the best sprinter in the country and arguably the world. But he clocks some really good sectionals in that Manicato. And I think stepping up to the 1400 meters probably more is likely and he he does have form over there in Singapore up to the mile so I think he's a great chance as well so for me personally I think I'd only be having a couple of small bets in this race likely going to be Munamek, Ayrton and straight Acer but in terms of a quaddy perspective I would be chucking I'd be going quite wide so I'd chuck probably straight Acer in number three four six Seven, ten, twelve, thirteen, and that would be it. So then we move on to the Sunshine Coast. Now there's there's a couple of really good races there at the Sunny Coast on the weekend, but I'm only going to touch on the two where I feel like I've got a bet or an edge. Now races eight and nine are both very good races, and I think could um could be good to watch but not from a betting perspective for me so in terms of the rail position there at sunny coast rails in the true now it's thursday night here in brisbane and there's a storm rolling in from all angles so i think we're going to get a bit of rain tonight tomorrow and tomorrow night so it wouldn't surprise me to see us dealing with maybe a soft five um soft deck i guess on saturday but i think it's going to be playing quite fairly and it'll be nice to for us to to see some good racing up there at sunshine coast now with the rail being in the true, what you've got to keep an eye on is because it's a camber-based race course, there's a bit of a crown there where the best drainage is. So it's a probably maybe a one to two horse width. And you always see it with horses coming down. They're flying down. It's almost like a travelator because the ground is just that slightly bit firmer. So you want to see horses getting to that run there. Now, race seven is the first one I want to touch on, which is the BM85 Handicap. Um, now it's a ripping race and I think there's two very good horses in this race and I think it's a race in two so I've got Lost in Transit there using the inside barrier to lead from Centaur who's going to roll across from out wide and then I've got uh, Zuma California and a few others just kind of slotting in there 
Now, Coty is hard to fault her preparation. She was phenomenal there in the Class 6 at Eagle Farm there last start. She clocked some very good sectionals there for a 6, 4, and 2. The only thing I have is it's at 1,600 metres now. She's dropping back to 1,400 metres. So I was kind of hoping she would step up in trip to an 1,800 metres Class 6. Um, but I can't really knock her because she's two from two at the track and one from one at the track and distance, and she does get Angela Jones, and she's drawn quite nicely there. Uh, Lost in Transit was found wanting at 1,200 metres, so I don't know how it's going to step up to 1,400 metres. Now, this is the bet that I like because purely for the fact that it's um, it's got a setup for the 1,400 metres and it's national choice. Now, he's been banging on the door for a win this prep because I think both runs are full of merit. Um, I love the way he tacked the line last start there behind Preach in a class six there at Doombin over the 1350. Now, the step up to 1400 metres, like I said, will really suit. And he gets Michael Rod back on board, who's a jockey that I've got a lot of time for. And he's 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 had his own little personal issues with concussion. So it's great to see him back in the saddle. And I think from the barrier, I think it's really suited there for national choice. And I think around that $4 mark, I think he's a really good price. But again, I'd probably be putting a bit of a saver there on Cote as well. Now, in terms of race eight there, I think there is one winning chance in Knight's Choice if he turns up. Now, he's been all right there down in Sydney without setting the world on fire, and he did run 13th there in that Golden Eagle. So hardly a result that you would be jumping up and down about. But I think if he turns up and brings his A for me wins, if not, it's a super open race outside of that. Now, race nine is the 1,000-meter dash, the Swiss ace. Um get a dartboard out because I think any of these could win. Um, Really, really good race, but who knows? Prince of Boom could come out and absolutely blast them, but it's not a race that I'm super keen to to get into. Now, race 10 is one that I am quite uh, interested in. So this is a a 1,000-meter race here at the Sun um, as a three-year-old handicap. Now... The speed map is I've got a very quick tempo with all these three-year-olds because there's speed drawn everywhere. So seven of the field have actually led it their last race or a start prior. But I think you can narrow it down to probably three horses in this uh, in this race who are going to be winning chances. So Party for Two is absolutely flying this prep. Resumed it first up over 1,000 metres in a three-year-old handicap at Eagle Farm here. Won the, led up the race and won by 4.7 lengths. It was only a fraction of... Um, a second uh, off the track record. So I think the horse has come back super, has handled this, the Sunny Coast track before, has had two starts for a win and a third. And the fact that Maddie Hoisted and Steve O'Day sent her down to run in the Blue Diamond, that group one there earlier in the year, suggests to me that they've got a big opinion of her. Um, I think with the run under her belt, I think she's probably the, the horse to beat. But I'm not discounting Defiant uh, Spirit or Tiger Shark from that matter. Now, Defiant Spirit has an impeccable track and distance record, two from two. There's been no public trial, so I can't really get a good gauge on where the horse is at. But if you go back and watch the race that it had in a two-year-old handicap back there in July, it absolutely put sword to Dasonic Boom, who's actually been very competitive in three-year-old races down there in Victoria. So I think if the horse turns up, it's going to be a really good run. Ryan Malone is a little bit out of form at the moment, so that's a bit of a concern for me. And then we've got Tiger Shark, who you can't rule out as well, because it does have Outlawed form. So it did actually beat Outlawed home by 0.7 lengths before it went off for a short um, spell. 
Um, Outlaw continues to perform, and a lot of the races that he's winning is producing winners. So I think the biggest one that you can note from is Tokyo, Midnight in Tokyo last start there at Doombin over the weekend. It was an enormous run. Um, just went up straight up the guts of them and actually put them away very nicely. Uh, had a really nice trial there at Bow Desert over the 900 metres there. And Damien Thornton is one of the form riders at the moment here in Queensland. So I think if you're looking at it from a betting perspective, I think Party for Two looks to have it with a fitness edge on both of uh, her key rivals. The barrier is a slight niggle for me, but I think the horse is, is, is come back really nice. Now I'm going to touch on Newcastle there. Um, we're going to touch on two races, but there are quite a few good races down there. So the fur, um, the rails in the true down there. Now they're expecting between five and 10 meals between now and, uh, Saturday. Um, I think it's going to be fair racing. It's a really, really good track there, Newcastle. And it usually, um, doesn't really favor a particular type of runner. It's a very similar shape to that of Eagle Farm where it's kind of like tight turning and it's got really long straights. So it gives every horse its chance. So the feature race on the card is the Hunter, which is a 1300 meter handicap there. Um, now the speed map for this race is really interesting. So I think there's a fair bit of pressure in this race coming from Cole Crusher. Um, Dajran has rolled forward in his races before, as has Military Expert. And then I think with Marzu, I think where he's drawn, I think, and Nash on board, I think he can probably sit a little bit handier and run because he has been going back in his runs and he's just never giving himself a chance. Now, um, we'll start in market and then we'll touch on it. Now, this market's kind of changed quite a bit since I looked at it this afternoon. Uh, when I was looking at it, Marzu was favorite, um, far too easy was favorite at 480. Marzu was second favorite and then Cole Crusher was probably around the $6 mark. So it's interesting to see that he's been met with support probably in the last couple of hours. So we'll touch on it. Marzu obviously brings the Everest form and the Giga Kick stakes form, has the best horses in it. Think about it. Um, I, I wish I win in the Everest. Private Eye in secret, and then in the Giga Kickstakes, Bella Nipotina, Private Eye, and again, uh, think about it. The interesting thing, though, is Cole Crusher actually did beat him home quite quite easily by half a length in those Giga Kickstakes. Um, Nash on, obviously, is a huge plus, and I think from Barrier 6, he can actually roll forward and sit, sit a little bit closer and run. You've then got Far Too Easy, who has got a great second-up record, four starts for three wins, uh, and that's it. Does get a, a weight drop, which is great, and has an opportunity from Barry to one to sit a little bit handier. I think this prep, he's kind of been going back in the run and running on, and I don't think this is one of those races where he can do that because there are horses in this race, most notably King of Sparta, who I think have bigger turns of foot than him. Now, Cole Crusher will be... Um, I'm, I'm really keen to see how he rolls because Barrier 2 is so perfect for him where he can kind of get up there, dictate the speed, and then kick on the bend and get everything chasing. Now, he does keep Tyler Schiller, which is fantastic. It's just a matter of whether the um, military expert's going to let him get away with murder or also going to apply a bit of pressure. Now, King of Sparta, I think with Military Expert in this race and a few others there, I think there's going to be a decent amount of speed. So I think that's going to suit King of Sparta really nicely. Um, I think you can be forgiving of his run there in the um, Sydney Stakes there, where it was one of those races won by those up and in, most notably I Am Me. 
Um, he was coming down the outside and absolutely rocketing home. So I think you can forgive that because you go back and look at his first up run where he he took Star Patrol um, to within 0.1 of a length, beating home Benedetta. I think it's really good form for heading for a race like this. And with Barrier 10, I think he can kind of sit out the back, smoke his pipe and let them, um, I guess, tear each other up and then he can rocket down the outside. Um, Opal Ridge was sound in the invitation without threatening. I think there's a bit of a concern with Barrier 14 with her. Darjran's the interesting one. So she's had two really, um, sorry, he's had two really nice trials leading up to this. Now, the first one was at Warwick Farm over the the 8.15. He just sat, led up the race, um, led up the trial, sorry, and really hit the line nicely. And the second one was over the 10.50. Now, the second one was the one that was most impressive there at Randwick, where he run the trial by about three lengths and was in good time as well. Uh, he's got a good first up record. Clark on, Gaybot absolutely flying. So I think I wouldn't be discounting him and wouldn't be leaving him out of quaddies. Barry's a little bit of an issue there, but I think he can roll on forward from that Barry th- um, from from that Barry and probably sit on the speed, but not not dictated essentially. And I think the best roughie in this race is Rustic Steel. Um, I think he's back to his best, which was great. He was really, really good first up there in that um, that Sydney Stakes, which was, like I said, won by those on speed. He was flying down the outside, and he's got actually got a decent second up record and, and really likes his home track of Newcastle for three starts, two wins, and a third. Now, the barrier of barrier 18. Now, he will come in probably five barriers there, so he will jump from barrier 13, which is a slight concern, but I think he's a ripping chance. Now, in terms of... A bet, uh, I don't have anything. Maybe some small plays on King of Sparta, Darjran, and Rustic Steel. And in terms of quality, I'd probably be going 1, 3, 6, 7, 11, and 15. Now, the other race I want to touch on in at Newcastle is race 10. Now, I do have an early ticket on Fearson at $11. I took that on Wednesday um, around midday when prices first came out, and it's obviously been met with a fair bit of market support there at 550. So I'm lucky enough that I've got a good bet there, and I'll probably likely sit on that, and that's it. Um, it's quite a good race, and I think the field, as you can see, there's quite a few horses there in single figures. So I think um, the market suggests it's quite an open race. Um, Capistrato does lose Nash, unfortunately. He can't ride 53 and a half, but gets Zach Lloyd. I think Zach's a bit out of form at the moment, but knowing him, he'll probably put egg on my face and really race up well here. Uh, much, much better. Was really good in a BM88 over the 1,200 metres last start. Led up the field. Didn't really get a great deal of pressure and then kicked on the bend carrying the big weight. Now, does get some weight relief here, so we'll be carrying um, 57 and a half instead of the 58. Uh, kilos there. He's got a decent record at the distance. Uh, 12 starts, three wins, a first and a second. Has won the track and trip before and actually really likes the Newcastle track. Um, the horse that I always spoke about, Fearson, was enormous first up in the Golden Cup over the 1,400 metres. Now, um, you go back and watch that race. Grabini is a horse that a lot of people have, have an opinion of and thinks a horse on the rise. Now, these two put a gap on third place, which was three and a half lengths. Um, I think the race rated really, really well, and I think the horse is in for a great prep. And I think where the barrier is, I think it's going to really, really suit it because I think much, much better is likely going to roll forward from barrier nine and lead up this race with Capistrata and um, 
uh, Fender probably kicking up from the inside draws, and that will allow Fearson to probably sit two pairs back off the fence and give it a real good crack coming around that bend. So I think it's a really good bet there, Fearson. Now, there is one other horse I want to touch on quickly there at um, at Newcastle, and that's in race four, is Lecvarte. So that's race four, number five, Lecvarte. Josh, uh, Josh Parr is riding so well at the moment. This horse has trialed up really nicely, and you go back and look at its form. It's been racing at listed level uh, and group three level. Now, it's here in a BM78, so I think if it, the horse is wound down, Joe Pride obviously is one of the, the better trainers there in Sydney. Josh Parr, I think the horse is, is, is looking pretty nice, and I think... Uh, with being Newcastle track, I think it'll set it up nicely. So I think the $9 on off is a good price. Now, that's all I have for the weekend. So in terms of me personally as bets, I'll likely be having a decent wager on Skybird. I'll be having those, obviously... Um, those bets on Lekvate and Fearson, which I'm already on, and that'll likely be my bets for the day. Um, in terms of a Friday tip, there's a horse I really like who's trialed up like an absolute jet in Mooney Valley Race 1, Jambalaya. Um, had a couple of jump outs there at Flemington, led them both up. Jamie Carr takes the ride. I think it'll just win. And the other one that I really like, and now I'm not a big fan of tipping horses in these 955 challenges, so don't consider this a tip, and I wouldn't be launching into it, but I really like the way that Mama Reagan uh, went through to the line last start there over the 955, and I think Nick Ryan has really found the key to this horse and just keeping him at this trip. So gets Blake Shin on board. I think the horse is is a great chance around the 480 mark. And don't worry about that heavy weight because this horse is this this race is so quickly. It's about how well you you um, you roll into the race and how much you um, essentially how quick you are. So I think he's a really good bet around the 480, and I think he should probably start favourite in that race. Anyway, hope everyone has a great weekend on the punt. Uh, we'll be back next week. Corbs and I likely might even do a double one talking about Ascot because that's more his domain than mine. But um, either way, we'll still be on the on the the podcast for the podcast streams for you guys to to have a listen and and good luck on the punt. Anyways, uh, till next week, have a good one.